Hello and welcome to the third recap episode of Career Quest Podcast. My name is Michael Bonadio, and we will be taking a look back at the last four episodes. Sam Taylor, Ryan Snedden, Madeline Lesser-Novak, and Taj Singh. Make sure to check out the full length of each episode to hear more from each guest. But this episode will provide a few highlights from each guest to help back up some of the thoughts that I have on the different opinions about careers, life, and many different things. With that being said, let's get right into it. Thinking back about people's careers, whether it's your own, your friends, families, there's a constant in almost every single person's career. They had to talk to someone else. They got advice from someone, they worked with someone, they got a letter of recommendation from someone. There's not many people out there that have created themselves without being able to talk to others, without asking for help, without failing and being told how to do it better. To me, it is constant. Thinking about different careers, there's nurses, doctors, teachers, sales, communications, editors, pretty much any career that you want to go into or know someone that's in has reached out over LinkedIn, coffee, Zoom at this point, but they've talked to people to see what it's like for their future career, what it's like for them in a different company. They've just gotten different tips, tricks, the do's, don'ts. They've gotten that advice from people. And we talked about this with Madeline about what she is doing today in terms of professional development. It sounds so cliche, but talk to people, network, use LinkedIn. It is so remarkable what you can do and find and learn when you connect with other people and you get out of your own bubble. I do that, but I could do it a thousand times better. And I am always trying to make space in my life, make space on my calendar to actually spend time networking, reading what other people are putting out there, right? Because when you stay in your own sound bubble, um, it's easy. It's easy to just reinforce your own thoughts and your own trajectories and getting, getting out there through other people's experiences and their learnings from those. Talking to other people only helps, though, if you're willing to learn from these conversations. If you reach out to someone for help, and you expect them just to tell you what you want to hear or reinforce what you want, then reaching out to people might not be the best thing. Go to the people that you know will tell you what you want to hear. You need some people that will challenge your thoughts. They will challenge misconceptions that you have about the career. And those that will just tell you it's not exactly what you're thinking. They will be brutally honest to you, whether it's good, bad, the worst... But it's better to know that whether you're just starting the career or you've been in it for a couple years, it's better to know that right at the moment instead of learning it 15 years down the line. But an important aspect of these conversations is that sometimes you're not ready for them, meaning they might happen at different times, like when Sam was working at a cafe. Then when I was in high school, 
I was waitressing at the cafe in town and my boss told me that there's an optometrist that comes in every single week. He has a summer house down here. You should talk to him. I met him. He was amazing. Uh, right away, he was like, you can come shadow me anytime you want. I had no idea that there was anything different to optometry, but I discovered that he was specializing in vision therapy. Like, Who would have thought when I was waitressing that I would meet somebody that has influenced my entire life? And now I want to be like the same way he is, like everything he's done in the world of optometry, like I want to do. I want to be like just as good as him. That's super powerful when you think about it. When you go to waitress at a cafe, you don't expect to meet someone that is going to change your life for years and years in the future. You expect just to go to each table, do your job, and then go home. This has changed her entire life because when she went to college, she studied a specific thing that got her into a point where now she can specialize in vision therapy. But if she never met that mentor, would she still be just trying to be an optometrist or would she have a specialization? This kind of situation also happened with Ryan. A breakfast with my friend Drew, who was a little bit more than a friend, who's a pretty good mentor. He had started his own business. I think he's five to eight years older than I am and started this business kind of against all odds. And so like just really cool guy. Uh, he told me about an email newsletter that he read that he loved that he thought I would like called the hustle. And I started reading it and that like really, I don't want to say like changed my mindset in a brand new way, but I had been just as I started working, I'd been like getting away from my super long time dream of wanting to have my own business, just kind of like forgetting about it or putting it on the back burner. Like oh, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. These are just two examples of what there are probably hundreds of examples, if not thousands, if not millions, because I feel like a lot of different people find a mentor in an odd place or have someone help them out of a labyrinth that they never would have expected. But another common theme with these two examples is that these people knew what they wanted. Sam knew she was going to be an optometrist, but found her specialization. Ryan wanted his own business, just kind of fell off the thought of having it and kind of just put it to the back burner. But what about those that have no idea what they want to do? Is that okay? I have not always known. I never set out from Muhlenberg knowing, or even when I was young, I never set out knowing what my career was going to be. I never knew the type of job I wanted to have or what that was going to look like. And I think for some people, especially for myself, that has sown a little bit of anxiety for me. I don't always know exactly where I'm going, but you don't necessarily need to know where you're going. You just need to know what it is you want to be doing. Thinking back, I'm pretty sure that has been said in most episodes. So I'm sensing a pattern. <laughs> so I feel like it must be true at this point. Don't take it from me, but take it from all of the different people that have said it. I'm sure you've heard it, but I feel like every single time I talk to someone, they say, I didn't know what I was doing, but it's okay. But to figure out what you want to be doing, you have to be willing to try things. Some things may be awful. Some things might be great, but that is what's going to tell you 
what you want to be doing. Because when you think about it, not everything will lead to the next best career. You might do a job that you hate, and then the next one, it's not going to be the same thing. It's going to be something different. You might hate that too. But in the long run, it will all work out. Because you got to remember what Taj said in his episode about not everything you do is a stepping stool to your next job. To be honest, um, I, I, although I did consider how it would help me with medicine, I think I just want to do something that I cared about because not everything has to be like, oh, this is going to get me to this, this is going to get me to this, and this is going to get me to med school. Like that is how every pre-med student thinks, not just at Muhlenberg, but everywhere. And I was like, sure, this might look good on a resume, but I was like, just doing it because I think this is going to be awesome. I hope all of your jobs are awesome, like this one is for Taj. But in reality, not all of them will be. You just have to try to figure out what you're genuinely interested in, what you want to be doing, whether it's for these two years, for this six months, or for this next 10 years. I, I was able to make a really cool connection between like science and the outside world, like having majored in neuroscience and then studying sociology as well, like that helped me connect the two. Um, so I, I feel like it's, again, like going back to that, like I, my, my mission, like make a change in the world is that's how I see myself not only doing that, but also having fun because like, it's just, it's just genuinely something I'm interested in. But when you think about it, what you're genuinely interested in may change over the years. Throughout college, you might say, I want to be the editor of the New York Times or you want to be the best salesperson in the world. But then you get your first sales job, and you know this isn't for me. And you have to start to change things. It's easier to be analytical. It's easier to be academic about what it is that we, as individuals, think we might be able to do and, and how we want to go about having that impact and what role we can imagine ourselves playing. I think that's a big thing for me over the past several years or so is figuring out and accepting that what I may have imagined my role was going to be and where I've actually ended up, they're not necessarily the same, but that's not something to mourn, right? It's actually something to realize that you as an individual grow over time. When I was in college personally, I never thought that I would be doing a podcast. That never even crossed my mind as something that I could be doing in the future. So you just have to be ready for things to change. But I get caught up in this, but she's doing that, he's doing this. Why am I not doing that? They just got promoted at their business or the company that they're working at. How come I'm not at that stage? I get busy comparing myself to what I see on LinkedIn and this could also go to social media. Why don't I look like that? Why don't I look like that person? And you're so right. Like that reminds me of the advice my dad gave me, like an empty mind is devil's workshop. Like you said, you create these stories in your head. So you, you got to stay occupied with the right things. If you ever get caught up trying to make a decision and think, what would this person think? Or why would I do this? Or if anyone else is in your head when making a decision, just think when Ryan said, his thought process through telling his parents through a difficult decision. I realize this isn't exactly the same situation, but making a decision for you is very important. And you could take out the parents part and put in friends, family, 
other people. You know, even if your parents, you're fortunate enough to have your parents paying for your college or supporting you financially in whatever you're doing, um, they have to realize, and you also have to realize that even if they are supporting you, whether that's emotionally or financially or whatever, they still have their lives and you have yours. And also at the time you're having this conversation, you're probably going to be an adult. And when you're a kid, you know, your parents are responsible for you and they can tell you what to do and say, well, because I told you so, because I'm your parents or I'm your mom or I'm your dad. But when you're 18 years old or 21 years old, like you're in full control of your life at that point. And even if they are supporting it, I, I still don't think they have a right to determine exactly what you can do and what you can't do. You own your life. Whatever decision you're going to make, other people can weigh in, give you their thoughts, their opinions, but ultimately, you have to make the decision for yourself. You can't make a decision because my parents said I have to, my friends are making me, or they'll judge me if I do this other thing. Make the decision that best suits whatever you're doing, whether it's better for your mental health, better financially, just overall makes you more a stable person and you're happier because that's important. You have to be happy throughout life. And if you feel that just so much is going on in your head and you just can't figure out what you're trying to tell yourself because you hear so many things, you see so many things, you just, ah, <laughs> you just get stuck in all these different thoughts and you get overwhelmed. You just have to take a step back and... Honestly, Madeline talked about going for a walk. I do something similar. Take a walk without your phone, without anything distracting you. And don't force yourself necessarily to think about the task at hand. Just try to clear your head. I think especially for me in COVID, that's been an incredibly useful tool because being enclosed in a small apartment in Brooklyn, it's really hard to get space and to get that clarity. And I think that, like you said, there's so much inundating us right now when, when it comes to um, social media and just the media in general. Um, being able to clear your head through a walk, I think really sounds so lame and really simplistic, but incredibly effective. Personally, I like to go for a drive. I like to have no destination, just to get in the car, put on some music, probably too loud, but put the windows down and just drive. I'm in a place where I can do that. New York's a little bit harder to go for a drive. It's a big city. But um, another major aspect of getting all this information and having people tell you their thoughts and make you want to do them, there's a major skill that is not easy for a lot of people. And it's the ability to say no. You really have to determine what's important to you and whether that's because you want it to be or because it has to be um, doesn't really matter. You just have to determine if it's important and then you have to, this is probably the most useful tool in time management is learning how to say no. And sometimes it's easy. You just say no to the things you don't want to do, but sometimes you have to say no to things you do want to do as well. Sometimes you will say no to things that when you look back from it 20 years, you probably should have said yes. That might be a job. That might be a trip with friends. It can be really whatever. But 
whether you look at that as a mistake or not, you just have to learn from it. Where in the future, if someone comes up and says, hey, we're going on a road trip, maybe you say yes. As long as it fits your schedule and blah, 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 you can do it. It might be better to say yes for so many different reasons. But neuro is definitely the hardest. And when you watch those lectures and you study and you might not do as great on an exam as you thought, it's defeating, especially because that was your major. But you just have to remember, um, you just have to learn your mistakes, figure out what to change next time. I realize not everyone is taking tests in neurology right now, but that can be related to anything. It's just an example. And one thing that everyone needs to realize is that they got to stop being hard on themselves. Sam told us about how she reacts to something that goes wrong, a mistake, or just hear what she said. I'm so hard on myself and I'm constantly doubting myself. And that to me is something I need to overcome. And I know I do, but I'm my own worst enemy. And I know it's like cliche and everything, but it's true. To me, if you're that hard on yourself over everything and you start to doubt yourself, you are probably a perfectionist. You want everything to go absolutely perfectly every single time you do something. But you heard Taj talk about how that's his Achilles heel. He wants everything to be so perfect that he gets bogged down into thinking about all the little details and missing the big picture or missing fun things with his friends and just saying no because he feels that he needs to focus on this tiny minute detail. The answer would just be like sheer perfectionism. Like I'm, I've always been someone who like wants to be perfect. It could be anything. It could be like just how I do certain things. It could be my career. It could be grades. It could be whatever. Um, and to some extent that's great because it means like I achieve awesome things, but at the same time, it's like, damn, like I spent a lot of my time like perfecting my craft and not doing other stuff. This is good for a lot of reasons, but at the same time, there needs to be a balance. Yes, you should be perfect in a lot of areas, but don't be so perfect that you miss out on the great aspects of life. With work, yes, everything should be to the best of your ability, but don't ruin your mental health or your job performance because one little thing isn't right. You're going to make mistakes. Just learn from them, like Sam said. But if you always try to make everything perfect, my first fear is burnout. You have to be able to take yourself away from work at times and go have fun. Being able to disconnect at the end of the day on the weekends from your daily grind is critical for your mental health and your stamina and just being able to be good at your job. Being able to dissociate your own um, desires and your own perfectionism from what it takes to be successful is, is really critical. It's crucial for what I talked about earlier, burning out. If you're always on thinking about work, that light switch is always on. You're always thinking about it. You're not going to be able to do that forever. A lot of people, they want to retire after so many years. But your 10 years will feel like 50 because you've never turned it off. You've never stopped thinking about it. It's so critical, like Madeline said, and like everyone else has said. 
But now that we've gone through a couple of the highlights, I want to ask you a question. Like the last recap episode, I ended with a question. If you can ask yourself, what's your why? It will help you narrow down a lot of things. It will help you narrow down um, the relationships you have with people. Like, why am I friends with this person? It will help you narrow down the organizations you're involved with. Why am I doing this? Do I really want to be a part of it? When you think about your life and your career, have you ever asked yourself, what is my why? Why do I work for this company? Why did I start my own company? Have you ever thought about it? If you don't like that way of thinking about it, another way is something that Madeline touched on, which is... Whenever I have a challenge or something I need to decide when, you, when we think about our gut, think about what is your North Star? What is your North Star personally? To me, your why or your North Star is something that you're willing to put in a lot of time. You're willing to put in a lot of those overnights like Ryan talked about. Yeah, things take a long time. I heard someone the other week say uh, behind every overnight success is like at least 2,000 overnights, which anytime someone throws out an arbitrary number like that, like obviously that's not just, okay, you have to work 2,000 nights and if you haven't done it by that point, you're there. But the point is behind every overnight success is a ton of nights. You have to be willing to work hard for it. You have to fight every single day to reach your why, to figure it out, and then be successful at it. Because once you figure out your why, it's not easy. It doesn't make you fully successful once you figure it out. It just makes you realize that this is the path I need to go down. But what it taught me overall is one family's everything. And it's always been everything for me, but like even more. And I was able to see optometry directly used with my grandmother, being that she um, had the brain tumor and affected her vision. But I would say that made me fight harder to be a doctor because she was so proud that like I would be the first doctor in the family. And, and she's not here now to like see it all. But I know that like everything I'm doing is making her proud. And that's what keeps me going. Sam found her why and now has motivation to push her even further. But it's not easy, like I said. It's going to take a lot of work. You have to get over that overnight success mindset. The temptation to want things now and not to be willing to put in 10 years of work to get it or 20 or 30 or 40 don't worry if you don't know it right now. now. As far as like actual skills, I definitely did not feel prepared, but I also didn't feel worried. Like I knew that I would learn them. It's very important to understand that you don't have to know everything going into a job or going into figuring out what your life is going to be. You don't have to be prepared to do everything. You just have to be prepared to learn whatever the skills may be, whatever the reasoning may be. You got to be able to learn it and it might be quick. You might have to do it on the fly, but just have an open mindset at all times and know that whatever someone's trying to teach you is trying to make you better as a person and as an employee and overall just better individual. As we come to a close, just make sure you think about what your why is 
it's super important to think about and it's better to think about early rather than think about later on in your life. I hope you found this insightful and I just really want to say thank you for listening. Let me know what was the most impactful piece of advice or knowledge or what I missed from the full entire episode. You can send me a message and follow at Podcast on Instagram and LinkedIn. And make sure to subscribe for the next quest. And hey, thanks for joining me on this quest for knowledge.